Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, Internet, and welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Devendra Hardawar. I'm Reviews Editor Sherlyn Lowe. And uh, Happy New Year. We've survived. We've made it to 2020. Well, we barely survived. Hooray! We're back! It's an election year, folks. It's going to be terrible. You had to get political. (laughs) You just had to. It's going to be awful. Today, I think we're going to talk about everything we're doing to prepare for CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. It is it is our nightmare every year, but it's also a thing where we see some of the coolest tech that kind of gets us what we can expect for the rest of the year, basically. As always, if you're enjoying the show, please drop us a review on iTunes. Uh, subscribe to the Engadget Podcast on iTunes or your podcast catcher of choice. Every little bit of that helps. Like reviews help, subscribers help. It kind of tells us people are actually listening. So uh, we're not just talking into the void, which I'm sure Sherlyn will just enjoy on her own. I really do. I love talking to myself. CES is where the entire tech ecosystem comes together. So CES, let's let's talk about this thing because it feels like um, it's a big topic every year. We kind of get some of our biggest news from it. And I'm sure our listeners and readers have heard a lot about it over the years. Sherlyn, do you have any do you have any thoughts? What is CES to you? What does it mean in your heart? CES to me is like hell week, but also like a love fest. And I don't know how that sounds to y'all, but a love fest for your friends or for, for tech? my friends and for tech. It's well, where it's, I yeah. get exposed to most of the tech that I don't get to see on a daily basis. I will say uh, not to not to sound too hyperbolic, but I think it is the closest thing um, tech journalists and writers in general. It's the closest thing to going to war that we yes. have. Yes, because you it, bond in the fire. It is, is CES, and not, not not to like take away from people who actually face danger and you know yes, the, the actual important things, but it is an onslaught of news and relentless PR and just like new things. So when you come out of this with a newfound sense of appreciation for your coworkers and all your friends who help you get through it. So CES started out as. It was always an industry event. It Mm. was an industry event to show off the latest and greatest in consumer electronics. Um, So it's been around for decades. And I feel like its purpose, though, has changed over the years. In the 90s and the 80s, it was a thing where every major tech announcement would be dropping at CES first. Today, things are a little different. I feel like uh, tech companies have learned, thanks to Apple, mainly thanks to Apple and their blowout product launch events, Tech companies have learned that they can do this on their own. They can control the news cycle on their own, have, you know, a whole week or weekend of news all to themselves with these announcements. So why share, you know, the stage with so many other companies and so much other news at CES when you could just 
do something at another point in the year and kind of have the spotlight to yourself. So now CES is in a weird point, I think. Like it is, there are still major announcements made here. I don't think it's the same level of announcements. Um, a lot of companies are choosing, like even today as we're recording this, it is January 2nd. A lot of news that typically would drop at CES has actually dropped before CES, which is interesting too. We're seeing companies like Dell and HP not announce as many products there as they used to. How do you feel CES has changed, Lynn? Um And how long have you been going? Man, I was waiting for you to ask yeah, that question. Because you're, you're... I'm a baby. You're I'm a, baby. a CES baby. Well, sure. I'm, a, I'm a CES teenager. Uh, this will be my, I don't know, seventh CES? Oh, that's not bad. That's pretty good. Sixth CES. Um, my first CES was 2014 or 2013. I can't remember. One of those years. <laughs> and I, my first CES, the company I was working for put me up at the Venetian, which is really nice. That's However, very nice. Yeah. I was writing until 4 a.m. every night because we were each in charge of just too many things. That's CES, baby. Baby. There you yeah. go. Um, and Gadget does things a little differently much more comprehensively um so i but uh i write less late into the night um (laughs) it's not changed all that much because i started going to ces at a time when the big major announcements were kind of already just falling to the wayside uh, at ces by by 2014 i feel like samsung had already taken hold like they were the biggest ones over the past decade like their their launch events have become the big thing the only big star at ces and probably because they have the they can afford it. And Samsung is a company that does a good job of just like promoting itself a I, lot. I'm glad I was yeah. working CES the year Michael Bay melted down <laughs> at that Samsung. That was know. good. That was good. It was Let's amazing. drop a clip of that in there. As a director, I try to... Uh, the type is all off, sorry, but I'll just wing this. Tell us what you think. Yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll wing it right now. Um, I take, I try to take people on an emotional ride, and um, the curve. How does it? Uh, how do you think it's going to impact uh, how viewers experience your movies? Excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's thank Michael Bay for joining us. That was an amazing moment because uh, Michael Bay is a guy known for making, um, you know, bombastic action movies. And the thing that scares him is getting up on stage and losing the teleprompter at CES because clearly he didn't go to rehearsal. He had or a anything. real explosion. It was amazing. It was an amazing moment. I feel I feel a little bad for him too because I've that's my nightmare of being on stage and just like not knowing what to say. Uh, but that is <laughs> occasionally. You will get a crazy thing like that at CES. So I've been going since 2010. Not that much longer than you, Sherlyn, but it was it was a very different show. Like when I when I went, uh, Android I think was just on the cusp of launching in America. Like there weren't as many Android devices. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for like sure. no, no. What it was was Samsung's Galaxy line. Yes, I was here at a launch huge. event in New York, um, but yeah, they were they were kind of a big deal there. Like the beginning of Galaxy. Um, there was a lot going on. My first year at CS was, I did not stay at the Venetian. I stayed at a Roach Motel on the Strip because my editor did not do a great job of setting me up. And it, it was not, not a great success, experience. No. So it was, a, it was a lot of work. Bad, bad experience of where I was staying. Um, hard to get around because I didn't have a cab yeah. budget or anything. So that was my worst CS. And it's kind of poisoned me on the whole thing. But I think on the bright side, it will never be as bad as that. I hope, fingers crossed, knocking on wood and 
everything else. So what is what's interesting this year, Shirlin? We got a couple different things. Apple's actually going to be there, right? For the first time in a really long time. Since like yeah, the mid nineties, I think. For yeah. for real too, because last year Apple. <laughs> just did this ad very I don't know if tongue-in-cheek is the right way to describe it It was very like poking fun at all the companies that were they were trolling everybody else they were like oh well those things will never take care of your security they painted the side of a hotel or some building with uh with an ad saying like we will never share your data like we care about society uh your privacy yeah and everybody could see it because it was like right in front of the whole uh convention center it was just like hey apple's here and just saying you guys are all messing up this year, they're actually going to be there, which is different. So, yeah, Apple was basically throwing shade last year remotely. They just put up this ad. Uh, this year, they're actually going to be there participating in a uh, panel about privacy. Right, Trillin? It is. Yeah. And, but to be clear, they're not actually announcing anything here. They're not, no not news, launching yeah. products yet. And they won't. Um, what I think, you know, you were sort of alluding to earlier about the this being an industry event is it's really fun to see, like, uh, Apple, Amazon, Samsung, duke it out here. But also when I, I've seen some like on ground kind of interaction between big companies like Amazon and a little startup in the corner of uh-huh. Sands, uh-huh. that's where they get their ideas from. That's where they, where work they with steal people. their ideas from. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, or other people steal each other's ideas. And that's I think that's like the fun thing about CES is how, how these sure. you know things burgeon. And so the newest technology is it's coming and that's why CES 2020 and all CESs are interesting but it's a big as always it's always a big TV show right like I feel like that's always the biggest most eye grabbing thing it is it's a big TV show so here's the broad aspects of what CES is now it is a huge TV show I think because it is a place for all the companies to really show off their latest tech and by the way, what I mean by CES being a TV show, it is where we're seeing a lot of the new TV tech for the first time. So last year, we saw LG's rollable TV, mm. uh, their rollable OLED that we've been hearing about for a while. Uh, this morning, the news broke that they're going to have a rollable that rolls from the ceiling, not just from the floor, which is probably even more useful. So weird stuff like that. I feel like 8K is going to be a bigger topic, um, certainly because we've been hearing about that since last year. Uh, maybe some high frame rate stuff, uh, more TVs, uh, pretty much every modern TV right now is supporting 120 FPS, which means less for like video content. Uh, although there are things like uh, I've already pre-ordered the Gemini Man Blu-ray, which has the 60 FPS uh, cut, you know, version of the movie. Um There are things like that, but it's more for, like, gaming. So a lot of new TVs are supporting G-Sync from NVIDIA and AMD's FreeSync technology. And these are things that can uh, basically match the refresh rate Mm. of the game with the TV and helps avoid flicker and all sorts of other visual issues. So it makes games look a lot better. Those are all things we're looking forward to seeing on new TVs. Um, and what else? You have some new ultra portables, probably too, right? Chilling, Always. Like, in addition to the XPS 13. In the past, they in the past two years, I want to say, I think there's just been a lot more PCs released at CES than the years prior to those. Um, I think we're gonna just keep seeing them get like thinner. Oh, oh, oh! Don't forget mm-hmm. 5G everything. <laughs> 5G everything. So 5G laptops, most likely. I think um, we're gonna see. I mean, today the Dell Latitude that I wrote up and got published today is already. 5G laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to see, I think, a lot of people talk about incorporating 5G into their devices, whether it's just ultra portables or like, I don't know, smart speakers. I'm just 
I'm just spitting, spitballing. Yeah, I, I think less than like 5G devices. I want like, remember when everybody had like hotspots, like before like LTE was like a big deal. I feel like 5G hotspots. There are those. Be, yeah, there are some, but HTC I feel like and Sprint there is a lot of room to really innovate with what those are because like make it make it a big it's, honking battery, like make it, those are things hotspots have been doing, yeah. but make it something that also has like Wi-Fi 6 and like yes. really powerful Wi-Fi to connect to all of your existing devices. So I then, am quite sure we're going to yeah, see that yeah. or we, we haven't already. Because um, otherwise I'm going to be using these 5G laptops just as like a, uh, you know, to, to spit out as hotspots on their own. I to think spit just, out 5G we just to need to else. have like options for people. Like for me, I don't want to carry too many things around. I don't sure. want to have a hotspot, but you, for you, you rather have the power dedicated to your work. Maybe I already have a laptop I like and Maybe, I'm not yeah. ready to update that yet. Yeah. So that's where the hotspots always came in. And honestly, um, I think that would make a lot more sense for people. Like hotspots were always great as like con- something you could do use for just for work, right? You have your normal phone, you have your you know devices you already like, but maybe you just need a little oomph of power. I feel like five G hotspots have a really interesting role to play moving forward. Yeah, for the next yeah. two years, definitely at least. Um, other stuff I'm looking forward to at CES. I mean. Yeah, lots of laptops, but I think more importantly, the power they pack, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's you know all the chip stuff. You're yeah, the chip guy. I mean, I mentioned AMD and Intel are going to yep. be here. Um, we don't know what they're doing exactly, but I would, I'd assume we're going to see some more new 10th gen chips from Intel, probably some of the more powerful ones. And AMD, we are all waiting for some more Radeon news and hearing about the details of like their Radeon graphics cards with ray tracing. Because Qualcomm also has a keynote planned. So, hey, Qualcomm will be there. You and Qualcomm. I mean, listen, we we dedicated a whole episode to Qualcomm. I'm done talking about those stupid mobile chips. But these are not going to be mobile chips. They're going to be other other things. But, yeah, I mean, we were talking about (laughs) chips. Come on. And talking about 5G. Listen. I uh, I love hearing about Qualcomm stuff. I also like give I throw a ton of salt and everything yeah. Qualcomm says. So sure, uh, th- so. there's going to be there going to be a ton of announcements. Uh, basically, this is going to be another show where the shape of our future devices are really going to we're going to start to see like what computers. Every device next year, um, probably some surprises too. Like I'm really looking forward to the surprises we'll see at CES. One year. Uh, one year, something that really surprised me was this like wearable breast pump that was made by a company called Willow. Yeah, and yeah. Willow that was cool. It, like I did one video on it and it went freaking viral. And now there are a couple of companies doing that too. So that's oh, like yes. a genuinely useful product. Exactly. Because yeah. it like it really helps moms. And mm-hmm. obviously, I mean, the copycats or the people who, you know, pushed out their products afterwards clearly saw the like interest people had in it from CES. So you're right. Like it certainly shapes the way or the things that we see coming mm-hmm. out the rest of the year. That's also a really usable wearable too. Like just from what my wife had to deal with, like after you have a baby, like the yes. whole idea of pumping and sitting down in one place and like doing everything, it is painful. It takes forever um, having it on the go. That's the sort of thing where I'm like, huh, I like from a male perspective, I never really thought of that. But from the people who developed this, like that is genuinely useful. That is good wearable tech. And you know what was really my favorite part about everything uh-huh. was the people who made the device, the, the CEO of the company, they're just so nice. Yeah. It was so nice to meet the people behind these products at the, at the show too. That's another thing I look That's forward cool. to. That's cool. I actually do remember a lot of my interactions from, yeah, company people. Um, I do like it when like you know, people who are actually in charge of the products are there more yes. than just marketing folks. For small companies, there's a big startup uh, section is CS2 and a ton of companies come there, um, companies from all over the world too. So it's it's overwhelming. It's insane. But I don't I don't normally like exploring startups, uh, you know, during the year just because 
I feel a little burnt out of that. I used to cover them so much, and they're just a lot less interesting than they used mm. to be, but I still occasionally run into cool things at CES. It's also kind of a big car show now because mm. there's more car tech happening. Uh, so there's been, like, Android Auto uh, CarPlay has been big topics at CES for a while, and it's also a show where a lot of uh, car makers just keep talking about, like, their AI advancements. So NVIDIA has talked quite a bit about, like, their self-driving car tech and how it's kind of making its way into vehicles. That's not quite there yet, but we've seen the progress over the last few years. It's a good show for seeing the nitty-gritty, the stuff that works underneath everything else and powers everything else. And it's a good show to see, like, partnerships taking place, mm-hmm. too. Like, CES is where we started to hear more about, like, a couple of years ago when Intel and AMD partnered for that weird hybrid chip that had Radeon graphics. Uh, that chip is not happening anymore because Intel is doing its own graphics so thing. So sad. It's, uh, well, it's, it was exactly what we predicted. It was basically a stopgap measure to fix whatever, you know, whatever deficiencies Intel had at the time. So, and then we see a lot of weird stuff too, right? A ton of super weird stuff. Like last year, the thing that won like one of our best of CES awards was an Impossible Burger. Before people complain, Impossible Burger is tech. It is lab grown, created meat. Like there, there's a lot of like research and technology that goes into making that. So we got a lot. I heard as we were announcing the Impossible Burger, I heard in the audience, like a lot of other companies snickering is like, oh, what's, a, what's tech about Impossible Burger? Everything. Everything is tech. That's also like, yeah. I mean, the CTA allowed them to show somewhere up there. Someone thought it was tech. And I I mean, I agree with you. The other thing that was really, I remember as something really weird was Netflix did this like altered carbon promo (laughs) one year before the show launched. It had people just in giant like Ziplocs, like carcasses. And if you've seen that. I didn't see that. You didn't go. But uh, if you've seen the show, you know what I'm talking about. These are just like sleeves and in their like, uh, I guess, freezing packaging. Um, and then there's the very esoteric stuff, the like li- like Wi-Fi through your light, like your light bulb. Wi-Fi through your light bulb. Li-Fi. Yeah. Um, Li-Fi. And that's his actual name, by the way. Li-Fi. It stands for light fidelity. <laughs> um, I know, and it's um, it's a I guess visible light communication system VLC, which okay. is how the VLC I usually think of. Um, yeah, so basically it allows wireless communications at super high speeds through light, which I guess like the speed of light. Well, look, <laughs> I don't fully grasp the science behind it. It was just like yet. a weird, weird thing we saw. I mean, I, a couple of years ago, I saw there were several companies working on wireless power, which is sounds like a terrible idea. It sounds like, oh, I really just want to microwave myself. That's mm. what's happening right now. But no, this is something we've been hearing about for a while since like since the days of Nikola Tesla. Like he's been experimenting with yes. that stuff. Um, I remember yeah. I remember being shown like to like this dodgy little corner in the back <laughs> hall of like the Sands West. Don't, like, don't go to the dodgy corners. But, but that's where they showed me that wireless power you're talking yeah, about. Like yeah. they put the puck in a box and they're like, this puck can charge your phone. That's like yeah. a foot away. The and thing I so saw, exciting. I forget which company it was, but it was like a big router thing. It looked like the HomePod. So it was mm. like a big circular thing. It was just like, oh, we could just stick this in a corner and we'll just like charge, charge everything. everything nearby. That is a technology, by the way, where I cannot wait for that. I feel like it does sound a little crazy, but rewind 20 years, guys. Like uh, wireless Internet sounded crazy before Wi-Fi finally became a thing. Like so many IT people just did not trust Wi-Fi for a while. So like I remember the days like I was one of the first people to get a wireless router at my college. 
um, just to have the convenience to step outside of my room to go online. Um, wireless power is this thing might where be, might be the latest and greatest thing. I think I think it's more interesting than freaking um, the wireless power that exists right now. The sort of like thing where you place your phone on like a touchpad because you can't use your devices. It's contact charging. But imagine like you walk into a mall and you walk into like a store or something and your device, maybe it's not getting charged a lot, but your device doesn't lose charge, which I think would be a really, you know, helpful thing for a lot of people. Because typically you go into a place like a mall and you lose signal. That is when your device starts draining battery because it's searching searching for a signal. So it's that sort of thing that I think could be really interesting moving forward. Yeah. There's a lot of very interesting stuff that uh, just hasn't taken off yet and typically you'll find them at like these really crammed crowded little like halls at CES which is by the way spread out across all of Las Vegas there is the LVCC the convention center which is where all the main stuff goes and this is where you'll see like LG's cave which is basically all it's like super eye-popping TVs which are like curved TVs one year they made like a valley which is beautiful every year yeah they take all their giant OLED screens and just create this thing that you're watching through. So it's like a it's wall beautiful. painted. It is a ceiling painted of OLED. And it is it's beautiful because like they also kill the lighting in yes. that room. So it gets really, really dark. So then it really shows off the power of OLED of like, oh, these screens are getting inky, inky black, like pure blackness. Yeah. And then a little bit of light comes on and they can really just show off that contrast. It's such an experience mm-hmm. to just go and see what like this is creating art. Meanwhile, across the like aisle, I guess from them, it's big aisle, so you don't really see it from over there. But right outside the booth, is <laughs> Samsung's like little roller coaster thing. Like it's not a roller coaster, but it's more like a like a VR ride. Where oh they, yeah, the yeah. stupid VR ride. Well, so that was it was a thing where they have a bunch of people on like a it's a hydraulics thing where people are sitting in a stadium, like hydraulic stadium seating, and it moved. With yes. the people as they were in VR. It really was... looked like a theme park ride. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, you're not dropping from a height, but you are being shaken here we're and there. We're probably not going to see that this year because the Gear VR is it's not, practically no dead. So there's always a lot of, like, weird wearable stuff. Uh-huh. I, I think the term wearable is so broad that everyone kind of just, just like, yeah, let's tag that name onto it and market my stuff well, as Well, I such. mean, it's anything with a chip or connectivity that, that you, you put, on yourself. put on your body. And that's anything. Like yeah. I would, You could make a strong argument that um, your, your smartphone is a form of wearable because when you're working out, you will strap that thing to yourself and have a lot of connectivity. Man, like there, really, there's a lot of really stuff going on. You're really the boundaries there. But I will say here. Everything is a wearable. Last year, one of the weird things was, uh, well, not weird, but one of the wearables mm-hmm. was a, a UV sensing chip that you could like wear on your fingernail that L'Oreal did. And the other stuff, like uh, there was a pill that you could swap wallow and it would monitor your body temperature there's seems like there are easier ways to do that but there's, okay there's a lot yeah. yeah um so there's there's a lot of really strange medical stuff healthcare stuff that also goes on mm-hmm. at ces i appreciate the heck out of that like mm-hmm. i love that people are trying to find ways to improve your life but the, this is the sort of thing i want to see like 50 years of research gone into it before i i even feel safe like putting anything like that in my body because you never know oh yeah for um, sure, for sure. and some of these have like good mm-hmm. research too. we saw our first foldable phone at, at last CS year, yes. last year, yeah. and also we broke one of the prototypes, or I, our video person I, I did. I wouldn't say we, I would say V. <laughs> <laughs> one person in particular. Person. I thought it was the video guy, but okay. I don't know who did it. The uh, the it company was not, was not too happy, but also like, 
hey, man, you're building a foldable phone. People are going to break Bound these things. Like, it's this is what you're doing. It um, happened to Samsung on a large scale, on yeah, an embarrassing yeah. I large think that, scale. I that think that was also kind of a clear sign, right? It felt like that was a sign that foldables were not even ready because that prototype broke so easily. Um, there are a lot of things we learned from CS, and it's sort of like that. Like, oh, that that's not a good sign for this entire no this entire industry. There was also a sex tech controversy so, last year. Last year was a very interesting year to cover CES for me. I covered the sex tech fallout, which I'm going to get into in a little bit. But last year also, there was the U.S.-China trade relations going on that was like it was very strained and um the cta was actively trying to get its member companies to lobby the white house <laughs> against these tariffs because they were convinced it was going to be the death of like i guess i don't know consumerism they were telling me that like i don't know you look at holiday shopping's gonna drop drastically because mm-hmm. all these like um price hikes are gonna happen um i don't know that that really is a thing well, this year also because anymore. it didn't the the tariffs didn't quite happen. Right. They managed to yeah. figure it out, which is great. All that lobbying must have helped. But the other thing that happened was this sex tech story. So without getting too much into it, here's a little bit of what happened. CTA will welcome all kinds of gadgets. But last year, um they've turned they gave an award to a company <laughs> that marketed its device as a personal robotic. It was a vibrator. I mean, that, that's a personal robotic. It's as it personal, personal as a robot can get. Sure. Yes. And uh, they were awarded like an innovation award. And the after, you know, like one of the things that comes with getting this award is the CTA will promote you alongside all of its <laughs> other winners. Um, I'll give you this space on an exhibit like uh, that it's showing to all the media. Mm-hmm. And then like at some point about... You know, in October 29th, uh, 2018, the CTA wrote a letter to the CEO of the company called Laura DiCarlo um, saying that, hey, unfortunately, the CTA is exercising its option to remove (laughs) the OSO, which is the device that won the award, uh, from the CES 2019 Innovation Awards program uh, under a certain language as part of our contract. So, like, they they gave an award to a a vibrator, took it back, and was like, yeah, we're not happy with, like... Because it's a vibrator, basically. It it is something that, like, it says that it fails to comply with rules. It wasn't, like, it endangers the safety and well-being. Um, So everything the CTA, I feel like, was saying after the fact was wrong because they've definitely promoted and awarded things that basically were worse, but also were totally fine for, like, men. Exactly. For example, so there's Naughty America, which consistently does their porn VR thing. Um, and they have like blatant like banners in, yeah, sure, a little backward, like little corner of Sands or yep. somewhere less yep. trafficked, but still big banners and signs. And like the, you know, they also denied exhibition space to someone that another div company that I covered, uh, CS prior, which is called Lioness. And Lioness also makes a vibrator for women. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's got sensors in it to detect like the strength of your, you know, like vibration, but also like, if you're climaxing and it will detect the intensity of that and learn all about it and feed it back to you. It's like a biosensing thing. And it wasn't allowed to be uh, displayed on the main like show floor areas. And they had to like get a separate hotel room to show people their product. So there's been a lot of like it's it's women's it's yeah. women's sex like toys or, or sexual personal well-being devices mm-hmm. 
that the CTA seems to have a problem about. It's a weirdly conservative. Like, here's the thing. What's what's really funny is the CTA, like, I feel like a lot of pro-business organizations are all like, yeah, don't don't restrict us. Don't restrict what we're saying. Don't put tariffs on our products. Um, But something that makes them a little uncomfortable, especially if it's something meant for women. They'll be like, oh, not like that. We don't, we don't. There's also, oh, no my God. There. Yeah. There's also, like, I don't want to go, yeah. again, too far into it, but there's also, oh, my God, that's been allowed to display yeah. their products a while ago. But they, it sounded like they, I interviewed <laughs> them, they sounded like they had to jump through a lot of hoops also to just get that approval. So this year, though, uh-huh. this year, what's exciting is that the CTA, after all of that media fallout, was like, <laughs> we're going to allow sex tech. We definitely did award this robotics thing a, an award again. Like... <laughs> Man, I am excited to go see this device, see how the CTA reacts to it. They haven't pulled back. They haven't rescinded any awards yet. Uh, I'll be interviewing the founder of both companies at the show. We're going to put that together for the podcast and give you all kind of the behind the scenes straight from these women's mouth about the experience. And yes, that means we are still recording podcasts at CES. Um, We're definitely going to do a wrap up show. Uh, but as Sherilyn's saying, we're also working on getting some interviews done. Uh, hopefully we can get those together and maybe either add those to the main show or you know, drop a couple of quick episodes before that. So stay tuned. Like, check out your feed. Keep an eye. Hit subscribe. Hit subscribe, yo. I think the thing that all this shows also is that, like, it reeks of not just some sort of conservative, like, you know, like the CTA being a bit conservative, but also a lot of these female founders have said that they feel it's a little sexist. For sure. And this is a show where they're still booth babes, like still yeah. like they're trying to go low on it, but it's not like they're they're not actively. The CTA has gone out in a big way to say they're all about inclusivity, diversity and trying to get a lot of women to be at the show and a very prominent woman they've invited to be on a panel this year is the one and only Ivanka Trump. Oh, the CEO, you know, the consumer electronics expert. The expert. The business mogul. Of all the women out there, and this is one of the big problems. Certified genius, yeah. One of the big problems that female tech Twitter had a huge <laughs> issue with is a, this is not the best person to pick to represent consumer tech, women in consumer tech. Quite literally one of the worst people, but yeah. Because her, her yeah. businesses are more more known for their, like, um, you know, not so great labor in China and other countries. Like, there, there's that's what she's known for, not really electronics. But, uh, okay, okay, I, I'm going with this. What is the pitch for bringing Ivanka Trump here, Sherlyn? She's here to talk about jobs. She's, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to get the right wording out here. All right. I don't want to be too glib, but it's also like, yeah. yeah I'm going to give the exact wording yep. so that we're not. Okay. Um, a lot of people have made statements about this. Uh, Gary Shapiro, the head of the CTA that runs CES, said, We welcome her to the CES keynote stage as she shares her vision for technology's role in creating and enabling the workforce of the future. <laughs> Don't cut me off just yet because I'm about to tell you what Ivanka Trump herself said. She okay. says, okay. I am excited to join this year for a substantive discussion on the show uh, on how the government is working with private sector leaders to ensure American students and workers are equipped to thrive in the modern digital economy. So I think it sounds like she's saying, let's buy them some Chromebooks. I don't know. I, I feel like I don't even know if it's going to get that far. I hope I somebody so. at this panel asks questions. So how is tech uh, helping to 
imprison all those kids at the border. Like there's a lot of that. How's tech being used to stop immigrants from getting into the country? Like there's there are definitely tech angles, just probably not the ones we'll hear at CES. The other people um, hope that I, I, I I'm not entirely sure who else is on the panel with her just yet. But I know so many women in tech, female vice president at Samsung who, who make these devices that they want to. Like, there's so many. Enable. There's so many people. There's Lisa, so many. Lisa Sue of AMD, the CEO of AMD. Like there there's so many more people. Elena who could Cohen be at Samsung these. is as also great. I like yeah. her a lot. I mean, there's just so many more. And, you know, diversity isn't just, you know, about gender. It's also about yeah. ethnicities. No, there's... but this is not this is not a diversity play. This is clearly this is a play for the CTA to feel like they're, you know, happy. Good, good with the Trump administration, which is a weird thing to do, because who who knows even how long, um, you know, they'll have to play nice with with Trump and everyone. Anyway, yeah. anyway, we're going to get too deep into this. It just feels like not only did they uh, you know, reject the sex toy before, now they're doing this completely other boneheaded thing where I feel like the stain of the decision is going to be a bigger problem for the CTA than, than the actual panel itself. So I'm sure the panel will be harmless and totally vacuous and not give us anything, but it really says a lot about what the CTA is. As an organization, it's going to be it's going to be something fun to look out for. I think we're going to have eyes on it. <laughs> I don't think fun is the word, but okay. For for me, I'll be here with my popcorn. I don't know about you, but I'll also be excited to check out the other celebrities that we at CES. Now, every year, a lot of mainstream celebrities come to CES for some reason. Yeah, we had this conversation. What do you? What counts as a celebrity for you? Wow, Caroline? just someone who people know for no reason other than <laughs> like they're on TV. I guess they're on TV and movies and sing songs, uh-huh. make music. A lot of um, you you'll find a lot of music makers. I think at the show because you know Audio Tech always needs a rep. Monster always has some celebrity. Last year I went to. A concert where I think it was Rita Ora. This year, Janelle Monae is slated to make an appearance uh, at a party. We've got... Listen, um, Janelle Monae should just be the, like, ambassador of CES. Like, she should just be the, the queen of the show and just... She's an android. Literally, just just have an android host the show. I think it was last CES or two CESs ago where I broke down and cried when I saw... Aww. I know, where I saw this thing, the Affleck Duck. I don't know if you saw it. <laughs> That was last year. <laughs> that was, was last year. Was it the year. huggy duck? It's a huggy little duck yeah. that's meant to like cheer up cancer kids. I don't know if that's a kosher phrase to say, but kids with cancer, kids who are suffering. Kids with cancer. Wow. <laughs> kids who are suffering from illnesses that really just get them down. And, you know, they just don't want to, they don't want to go through chemo. They're going through all these invasive, painful surgeries. And as the guy was making his pitch to me about why Aflac made a duck that they're going to give to every kid that's suffering from a debilitating disease, I started tearing up. I was like, you are... <laughs> You're making me cry. And then I was there with Terrence O'Brien, Aww. our managing editor, and we were covering the product. And I looked at him and I was like, Terrence, I can't do this video. I really can't because look at the tears coming out of my eyes. He was like, I'm tearing up too, but I'll do it. I'll do it. And I was like, thank you for being stronger than me. It's very cute. I it like the Look, a cute furry duck will elicit an emotional response. And a cute I'm, furry I'm just, animatronic duck. Yeah. Does, does it say Affleck so, in Gilbert no, Gottfried's voice? Thank the heavens, oh, come no. On. That is why I want to have, I just want to hear is, Gilbert Gottfried It's also in my much house. cuter than the actual Affleck duck. It's rounder, <laughs> it's yellower, it, it's got fur, it's not feathers, it's I It's very cute. It is it very cute. It was adorable and sweet in the, in the story. It's a great PR ploy for an insurance company. Uh, it's be like, let's not, let's not think about the mountains of bills uh these families are getting because of this which is unfortunate but the cute duck 
but the Kita. Yeah, it helped people, and also the actual Affleck duck did show up. I feel like <laughs> the actual the celebrity, the celebrity Affleck duck with Gilbert Gottfried right behind it. But sorry to throw cold water in the Shalin. This is our differences in personalities because I'm like, hey, it's cute. It's a cute duck. It's also. <laughs> An insurance company. I get that. Yeah. I 100% get that. I like that corporations can do good, too, on this side. And I think this is a nice mm. effort. Well, not complete. Like, okay, look. <laughs> they I, did this for what happens at CES, for everyone to be like, oh, look at the cute duck. Oh, Sherlyn's crying. Your heart is cold. The duck. Your heart, stick your cart in the refrigerator. It's called realism, Sherlyn. Oh, yeah. Aflac. Sophia. <laughs> uh, who are you looking forward to? Nobody. I know which celebrity you're most looking forward to meet. Me. I'm the biggest celebrity at CES because I'm one of the many judges of the official Best of CES Awards this year. I mean, Engadget has for, what, the seventh year running been uh, judging the official, official Best of CES Awards now. So, hey, let's check out some stuff, man. If that makes you feel better, Sherlyn. Sure. Actually, I'm a celebrity. Ugh. And as we're getting ready for 2020, folks, um, it's probably a good time to go take a look at some of the best stuff Engadget did for 2019. And we have a whole collection of stories. It's called Engadget's Year in Review. Go look it up. I wrote about why 2020 is going to be a big year for VR. Probably it's make or break year. Um, We have posts about Spotify and what they were doing for podcasting. We've rounded up our favorite games and everything Twitch was doing to kind of lose its handle on game streaming. There's a lot of cool wrap-up stuff here. Before CES and before we're facing an onslaught of new devices, new products, I like to reflect. I like to take a step back. So go check out all that stuff. I'm flying out to CES tomorrow to Vendrayu. you. Uh, yeah. Are you stressed out? I am super stressed out. What are you doing, aka what is your engadget pick for de-stressing before a show like this? Uh, there's a lot of stuff. I've been catching up on Life is Strange 2 over the past uh, week when I've had some downtime. And this is the sort of sequel to Life is Strange, the Square Enix a game about teenagers with superpowers and life is strange the series it's basically a visual novel it's a lot like the telltale games where you know you're watching a story you're controlling characters and you know exploring the environments but it's all about the choices you make Mm -hmm. and the impact they have on the story i really love life is strange too it's about two brothers two mexican-american brothers living in seattle something really bad goes down like within the first 20 minutes of the game Something like this is a game that confronts real politics, like a police officer of confronts their father on their front lawn and shoots their father. Oh, that sounds it too is, dark. It is. This is a game, folks. And a crazy like an explosion happens. We don't know quite what happens. The officer dies and the two brothers are left on the run to go survive uh, basically being homeless and hiding from the law in the Pacific Northwest. This is the game. And it's a game all about brotherhood. It's a game about these two brown kids existing in America. And I love it just because I love when art can actually confront deep and, you know, dark political themes. Um, we've seen a lot of developers kind of talk about, oh, they're going to they're gonna get really dirty with the real politics of America. I feel like the last Far Cry game tried so hard to do that. And it was complete garbage. Um, this is a game that's just like, hey, this is these are kind of experiences people of color have to live with in America throughout their journey. These two brothers, um, Sean and Daniel, uh, turns out Daniel has like telekinetic powers. There's a bit of there's a bit of a Kira going on here. And you're playing as the older brother who has to like manage your younger brother who could 
destroy people and kill mm. people with you know the power of his mind there's a lot of akira in this game for sure uh, there's a lot of the relationship between like kaneda and tetsuo but there's also a lot of domu which is um katsuhiro otomo's other manga that is not as well known but it's also about a kid with telekinetic powers dealing with uh you know fighting against an older person anyway this game I love it completely. It is so deep. It's so rich. You could play it across many different platforms. I love this style of game. And I love the fact that a major publisher like Square Enix allows like a smaller developer like Don't Nod to just have some grand statements. This game goes places. This game confronts like the the wall they're building at the border and mm. just does really Boy. deep and interesting things. And this is a game. I can imagine this game is an empathy bomb. I can imagine people who don't really have these experiences playing through this and maybe just having a different take on what's happening in the world. I think I might try to play that on the Switch I'm picking up today. So there you go. Um, my pick is less, well, Less of an empathy bomb, but still an empathy machine. Uh, and it's also, y'all are going to think, oh man, Sherlyn's getting more basic by the minute when, when you hear I think that pick. every day, it's fine. Oh, well, yeah, every minute. Um, but my pick is, I guess, yoga, which sounds like the least, <laughs> I know, I know. It's like not the most inspiring Where's the pick. tech, Sherlyn? Well, no, the picks are not about tech, right? I can, okay, so I'm going to explain <laughs> why yoga. I've kind of like came into yoga in 2019 mm -hmm. and I've always struggled with like finding a workout that I enjoyed right the sports that I like are not something I have easy access to basketball is a team sport I don't have enough people to play with uh -huh. or to go to the court and find a ball um <laughs> swimming I love swimming but and this is me bougie share speaking but my pool is closed in the winters <laughs> so wow <laughs> let me <laughs> When the pool... I'm so sorry, Sherlyn. When I can't go to my pool... In your pool. I have to find a How do you live? Um, and then I just... I like gym. I like going to the gym, whatever. But it's so just mind-numbing. So yeah, I sure. found hot yoga this year. And really what hot yoga is and what yoga is, is like you're not doing anything too like strange if you pick the right program for you. You're basically doing a set of like lunges, push-ups, you know, crunches uh, throughout. And depending on your teacher, they're going to like guide you through the right course for you. You can pick it up like if you want a harder workout, you can go slower if you want to focus on balance and flexibility. And it's also very meditative. It takes my mind off things. And it's actually a workout I enjoy, which is really weird. Cool. Um, and so it makes like resolutions hard, easier to keep. And I think that for the start of the year, that's something for everyone to consider. Not even just yoga, but find when a workout that you enjoy. When your pool is closed, try yoga. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, my other pick, I, I tried to do another pick because I knew you all would find me basic, but this is also a pretty basic pick. Um, I've been watching a lot of shows that Devendra's made me watch lately, <laughs> like Watchmen um, and The Umbrella Academy. And a lot of these, you know, the music is so important in these shows. And I love when, like, the producers pick, like, classical music to score up a very dramatic scene. So Beethoven, Symphony Number no. 7, mm -hmm. uh, the Allegretto piece, that's just beautiful. The one that goes, should I hum it? So it's a word. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's like Beethoven. I'm like, you know, I never really appreciated classical music in the past. I had to study it really hard, which is why I maybe mm -hmm. didn't love it. <laughs> 
But yeah. That's very cool. I honestly, I really dig that too. That was when I was a kid watching Neon Genesis Evangelion. Like, that is the thing. That is the thing. It was like, what is this? I've heard classical music before, but it was used in such a way like when you hear, you know, Beethoven or something being used uh, with giant robots fighting aliens coming from space. Like, that is next level. It's swelling. It's so dramatic. So good. Emotive. It's great. So check out music soundtracks, uh, classical (laughs) soundtracks to, to shows. Very cool. That's it for the episode today, everybody. Thank you, as always, for listening. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own Terrence O'Brien. The podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find Devendra shouting into the void online at... At Devendra and also at the Slash Filmcast movie podcast at SlashFilm.com. If you want to ask me what yoga poses to hit, you can check me out on Twitter at Shirtlin Low. Please send us any questions or feedback at podcast at Engadget.com. Leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe on literally anything that gets podcasts, including Spotify. Come back next week for our CES episode.